It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Well, here we are, JT, and I'm live from the Thomas and Mac, and we're at NBA Summer League brought to you by MGM Resorts. Games are underway. We just heard the national anthem, and it's, I'm thrilled to be joined by Tommy Shepard, who is the general manager of the Washington Wizards, and found me in the concourse and an old Vegas guy. How are you, Tommy? JT, I'm doing fantastic. It's an honor to be on your show, man. It's an honor to have you. Before we get into what you're doing now, I want to start with your Vegas roots. You work with Coach Tark, Coach Massimino. You got deep history, met your wife out here. Give me your backstory with Vegas. You know what? I was so blessed. I, I went to school in New Mexico State. I graduated in 1991. I got a phone call. I was sitting in graduate school in Louisiana. Somebody called me and said there's an opportunity in UNLV, and I came basically in two days. I arrived here and, and stayed for three years of the three of the greatest years of my life. They were wonderful people we met and great ties that I keep to this day. Working for Coach Tark and meeting Tim Gerger, it's changed my life. Roly Massimino had an assistant that nobody knew by the name of Jay Wright, and Jay and I to this day are still best friends, and it's just been wonderful, you know, to, to, to come back here every year and see how much the city's grown. Makes just gives you so much pride, and I absolutely love, love, love hearing JT the Brick, <laughs> voice of the Raiders, because, man, that is such a neat thing for this town. I appreciate that. i got to ask you about the roots of Tark. What did you get out of that after the national championship? You hook up with him, practices, watching him as an executive kind of at UNLV. What were some of the takeaways for you? Oh, he was a basketball savant. He had great staff. But you know what? It's always about the players, not the plays, right? He had right. great players. He did. Yeah, and just the just phenomenal history of the Rebels at that time. They were three Final Fours since 87 to 91. They were Loaded for bear and could have won several more titles if uh, the NCAA hadn't screwed it up. But uh, I would really think of those, those years as some of the best college basketball ever. I still think of 1990s team as the most dominant team in college basketball. And, and uh, history held up pretty good. It's still the biggest blowout in history. So It's incredible if you look at what Tark was able to do to this city. And now you see the skyline of the casinos, a football team, a hockey team here, and understand the role that Tark had. Tommy Shepard is our guest, GM of the Wizards. You went to Denver after that, and that's kind of where you earned your bones here as an executive and a basketball executive behind the scenes and a big decision maker. Tell me about that journey as an executive for you. No, you know what? I, I went to Denver. I was the PR director for the Nuggets, and Bernie Bickerstaff hired me. Uh, Tim Liewicki, who runs sure. now the Seattle Kraken, and, and among other things up in Seattle, they were all there, and they were great to me, and I just tried to find every opportunity I could to add value. So I kept asking what jobs nobody wanted. When I was in Denver, I said, I'll do those jobs and I'll do whatever you need me to do extra. And I just want to learn. And it just kind of gave me opportunities that probably wouldn't have been there otherwise. And got a chance to do a little bit more every year doing some scouting. And that, that kind of led to opportunities later. And, and then uh, been in D.C. with the Washington Wizards for this my 18th season coming up. Three as a GM. So that exciting. is incredible to be a GM in the NBA and to be with an organization that long. Let's talk about the Wizards right now. First off, coming here and some of the COVID concerns and protocol. Mm -hmm. What has that been like as we're year two into the pandemic? You know what? Unfortunately, it felt familiar. Uh, we, we went through stuff. The NBA, amazing that they got the, that we crowned a title this year and we're able to have a season. It just speaks to the level of professionalism the NBA has. But there's still COVID everywhere, and it struck the NBA. During our season, we lost seven players and 
lost six games and we came here and we lost eight players. And it's scary, folks, I'll tell you, to get vaccinated, but even when the vaccine came, you know, we still had some players that tested positive that were vaccinated. So you just you have to roll with things and keep moving. But uh, the one thing I think, if we can continue the, all the protocols and observing all those things, hopefully we'll have a really safe season with fans next year. That's the plan. But, man, I, the, it's so surreal, JT, to be sitting there in Madison Square Garden playing the Knicks and no fans were in there. Yeah. You know, all these buildings we go to during the season, we don't want to go backwards. Tommy Shepard is our guest. One more follow-up on the COVID, the vaccines. People are getting now COVID with the vaccine, mm-hmm. and no one does a better job than professional sports leagues in the NBA with the protocol. So I really think your voice is important, Tommy, to mention that for everybody to stay diligent because even vaccinated athletes, the best-conditioned athletes in the world, could still get this variant. No, absolutely, and I respect everybody's decisions they make, but I just think for the good of the whole, we all should care about each other and do what's best for everybody. You certainly don't want to go backwards. Where we were a month and a half ago, people were feeling pretty good. We weren't wearing masks. Now we are wearing masks. So what's next? you gotta, you got to see the writing on the wall and, just, and, and see that it's probably wisest to be safest. Tommy Shepard is our guest. Tell me about the Wizards now. Russ is gone. Beal's one of the best players in the league. The draft was exceptional. When you look to take this roster to the next level in the Eastern Conference, what are some of your challenges and concerns? Well, I think the biggest thing for us, we realized we made the playoffs. We were fortunate. We had a 0.6% chance of making the NBA playoffs. We went 17-6 and six down the stretch, made the playoffs. We had to play Philly, the number one team in the, in the East at the time, and they just they took us apart. We lost that series 4-1, but the, what I recognized in that, in that series there was that we needed more depth, we needed more versatility, we needed more athleticism. So we tried to address all that in shooting is the primary skill right now. It's the superpower of the NBA. If you can shoot the ball, it's a game changer. And you need gravity shooters, guys that defenses have to account for to keep the spacing open. And we made a very difficult decision, but Russell was able to go home and play for the Lakers, and that was a lifelong goal of his. And we were able to attain three really good players uh, that add to our depth. And then also on draft night, we picked up a first-round pick that we turned into a second-round pick and added another player. So we, the net of that whole deal, we end up with six new players. Right. And uh, Russell's home happy, so it was great for everybody. The best deals are when everyone's happy, and that was a great deal for us. And we end up adding eight new players total to start next season with a new coaching staff. So we got a lot of new stuff going on. That's incredible when you take a, a talk about the hall. People, this is Russ. He still has a lot left in the tank. He's going to go home. But you get players now that are building block players or players that you could use in pieces for potential trades down the road. Your philosophy, is it building through the draft? Or if you see that one player that you can pounce on in a blockbuster deal, you're open for business? I think to be open for business, like you just described, you have to do well in the draft. You have to good, get good, young, exciting players that are developing. And that those are valuable contracts in the NBA. And if they develop, hey, you want them in your franchise. But certainly those big moments you want to be ready and you don't want to be cash strapped or tax team or anything where you have versatile contracts that allow you to get better every year and I, I think we're, we're getting close to that Bradley Bills and franchise cornerstone has been fantastic we made all NBA this year an all-star and I think his future is just going to continue to get better we just got to keep adding more talent next to him as we wrap it up with Tommy Shepard who is the general manager of the Washington Wizards the Nationals recently won a World Series the Caps won the mm-hmm. cup we know that they beat Vegas here for Ovechkin. Tell me about Washington, D.C., the metro area. What's it like to run a sports team there, to be a GM with the fans? It's a really big urban sprawl that goes into the suburbs, and fans come from all the way outside of Virginia. How passionate are your fans? And tell me about that market now and that market size with all the big money coming in. Well, we call it the District of Champions for a reason, you know, and it goes back to 78 and the, the 
the Bullets back then, they, they won a championship. So it's been done in D.C. before and certainly with the Redskins history and or the Washington football team's history. And now the Capitals got their cup and the Mystics got their cup and our D.C. Our uh, DC Gaming 2K team won a cover. Yeah. So everybody's looking at now, hey, what's it's up with the Wizards? We've yep. got to do it. So we're building to that. But it's a fantastic sports base. And it's like no other. The DMV is a melting pot. You have people, like you mentioned, from Maryland, Virginia, and then that they live within the district. And they're huge sports fans, and they let you know about it. They, they follow the teams. They're passionate about the teams. And our job is to raise the level of the community through sports, and I think that's our job. Last one, I just met you. This bond will go on. I keep in touch, Absolutely. and I'll tell you this. It seems like relationships are big for you. you got a big huge. management tree, a huge coaching tree with Tark, and it seems like you're spreading it forward and mentoring. Are you mentoring younger executives and people in the organization? How do you feel about that? Absolutely. That's our. That's absolutely our job is to yeah. make this organization better, grow leaders. And I couldn't be more excited about the coaching staff we hired with Wes Unsell Jr. Yeah. being our new head coach and all the new people coming in. We have great, you know, I can't say enough about our front office, the people that work with us together every day. This is a, it's such a team sport on the floor it's such a team sport in the front office putting stuff together medical everybody coming together it's exciting it's a family like i said and and, uh, sometimes that family belongs on jerry springer but we're a family and we keep getting better i'll keep an eye on you this year and tommy keep in touch and look us up when you come back get out to a raider game i know you see a legion stadium when you drive out of here we got to get you out for a football game. just hearing you and gruden talking gets me so fired up you know i played football in college and i missed the game it was fun to play but i've been in basketball my whole life but sometimes you you still dream and you look and you see look over over the fence i'm a huge ravens guy and i spent a lot of time with their scouts and their department their gms one of my dear friends and just the nfl what a great place i'm so happy for the vegas so happy for you to be part of that monday night football home opener first ever game with fans for a real monday night game here ravens at raiders how about that that's gonna your be guys coming in here to vegas that's yeah, i'm gonna text you on that one all right please do it's great to see you thanks Congrats. Tommy. appreciate it you got it there he is tommy shepherd really appreciate him doing that you know our show's all about relationships thanks a lot tommy i appreciate it and you know albert hall made that interview happen and first thing he did when tommy sat down is he was telling me about the relationship with tark uh, jerry tarkanian if you come right outside the steps where i'm hosting you'll see the bronze statue of Tark biting the towel. And all kids come there and take pictures. And, you know, relationships mean everything to me. So I'll be pulling for the Wizards to do well. And, again, that big blockbuster deal for Russell Westbrook that just went down. And the Wizards got a nice big haul on the back end. Thanks, Tommy. Take care. Appreciate you coming on here. All right, I am live from the Thomas and Mac. Our good friend T.C. Martin just showed up. We are going to play the John Gruden press conference. John Gruden spoke to the media right before we came on the air. This was earlier today out in Henderson, the head coach of the Silver and Black. John, um, Marcus Mariota wasn't on the field today. Um, is that anything to be concerned about, and does that leave his status on Saturday? Where does it leave his status on Saturday? He's got a sore leg, so uh, he couldn't practice, so I would, th- I would think his status for the game is very much questionable. Coach, is that, is that a situation that – is that a um, – Sore leg. Has that been something that's been bothering him for a while, or did he just recently? No, he's had uh, really good practices. You know, he had his, I think his two best practices. Um, uh, practice great in the stadium. He got hurt on the last run where he scored a touchdown on his own read. Uh, I don't think it's serious. We think he's going to be fine in a few days. But uh, a couple of the turnovers the other day had a lot to do with his injury. John, we haven't seen uh, Carl Joseph out there uh, for a while. Is there any update on, on his thing? I don't have any update. He's getting better. He'll be back uh, hopefully within the next week or so. 
John, with the offensive line, you you know you, you sort of want to be careful with the playing time leading up to the uh, first week of the regular season. But when you have a retooled offensive line, you got to see them in reps. You got to see them in game action. What are you looking forward to seeing Saturday, and how do you plan on maybe spreading out those reps to, to look at the new line? Well, we've had a lot of reps. The reps are not the problem. Um, we're going to play the Rams, get a lot of reps down there also. We want to see our right tackle play a little bit. We want to see our new center play a little bit. We've got some young players that are competing for jobs that need to play a lot, so we're going to look at them. A couple of veteran guys won't play, um, but you'll see our, our first-round draft choice, and you'll see our young center. How have you seen the defense kind of ratchet things up the last few practices? I don't know. I had some turnovers the other day, or you could say the offense was just sloppy or whatever you want to say. I expect it to be better. You know, we put a lot into our defense. We made a lot of changes, and I think uh, Ngakwe and Crosby have been leaders. We still have a long way to go. we got a lot to prove. The offense uh, bounce back. How do they, they respond today? How do you feel they I thought they did fine. They're doing fine every day. I'm, pre- I'm pleased with the offense. we got a long way to go there, too. But um, everybody has their day. Seems like Hayward's another guy that's maybe been a leader on the defense. Guys following him. Just to, what, what have you seen out of him? At well, he's a he's a polished pro. Number one, he's experienced in this system. Number two, got a lot of history with the coaching staff. Number three, so he can translate information in his own way in a very unique way. He's a he's a guy guys have to follow. You know, he's, he's, he's a hell of a player. Played great as a nickel corner. Um, played great as an outside corner. Doesn't miss practice. Doesn't make mistakes. So he's been great for our guys. As much as you want Arnett to now progress, how much can having him help him progress? Or is it more on Damon? I think it helps all the corners. It helps Trayvon Mullen. Helps Nate Hobbs. We're young back. John Abram, Gillespie, Maring. They're all young. You know, to have a guy in there that's been on a great defense that uh, knows the inner, inner workings of, of, of all the things that, that are going to happen, it's, it's, it's a huge asset for us. I said it earlier, it's much like Eric Allen did for Charles Woodson back in the day. John, I know you all had the, the stadium practice in front of fans, but you know, this upcoming Saturday will be your first game in front of fans since the franchise relocated to Las Vegas. What's just your level of excitement about you know, having that opportunity coming up this weekend? It gets your goosebumps. You know, it gets you excited. You know, I don't think you're going to see a lot of the players play, unfortunately, because of you know the reality of what this is. This is an exhibition game, but to unite with our fans and uh, kick off football season officially in Las Vegas is something we're really excited about. Something we really take a lot of pride in. You've heard a lot of talk this preseason about GPS numbers and you know, the tracking on the field and that sort of thing. I, I know that wasn't around, you know, in your day. How have you embraced it, and what do you think about all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, there's reports out there that I'm, you know, I don't listen to that stuff. I sarcastically say that just to, you know, make some of my adversaries happy. Uh, I'm not an idiot, if you know what I mean. We practice in the Mojave Desert here. Desert, uh, the desert here is... We're practicing at 7 in the morning, so we do gather all kinds of information. We have some of the best trainers and and doctors and people here that you could imagine. So we're going to be real careful and smart, and you're darn right we listen to that stuff. And uh, our players like it and appreciate it, and um, we'll continue to do that. You did make an adjustment yesterday to practice. 
is that in response sometimes to the to the elements here and having to monitor that and stay on top of that? Well, it's been reported we had a day off. There was no day off. You know, we have linebacker coaches, running back coaches, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. We have strength and conditioning coaches. So we turned it up yesterday in the strength and conditioning room. You know, we have some guys that are low on gas. And, um, you know, we needed to do some things uh, to get their legs back, hydrate them properly. Um, even coaches are getting IVs. Um, some of you guys look like you could use an <laughs> IV personally. It's hot, man. So, uh, you know, hydration is, is uh, a big part of it. And our conditioning, we had a great practice today, a lot of energy. I liked it. We took the coaches off the field. And, you know, sometimes um, changing the schedule is, is good for us. You got a, a familiar face out there in Rich Gannon. Uh, again, is it just part of the, the culture and things that you're doing here to bring those guys back and talk to the guys? Yeah, Gannon is uh, he's going to broadcast the game, and uh, I can't believe he's not doing all the games. He's, he's, his preparation, his uh, work ethic, um, I've always marveled at. He's a great friend, and I've had a lot of great experiences with him. To see my dad and Gannon out there on the same day, my two favorite G-men of all time. How about All right. that? Have a good one, guys. All right. John Gruden. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor turned that interview around because Gruden was chippy. Man, was he chippy in that interview. And then Vinny asked that question, and he's smiling at the end, and he's talking about Gannon and his dad being there. Way to go, Vinny Bonsignor. Give Vinny some type of raise for that, man. He turned that thing around. Hey, Hall of Famer Spencer Hayward will join us next. Stick around for this interview. Should be special. I mean, that's what it's about, this game, about, you know, opportunities. The more opportunity we can give our offense, you know, the, the better chance we got to win. Um, you get two, you get two turnovers. The percentages, you know, for your team to win go, jumps up tremendously. And three is almost like you're gonna win that game. So um, anytime we can, you know, get you know a couple turnovers in the game, practice. Uh, Gus, Gus, uh, mindset is like Gus mindset. You know, they come in bunches. So you get your first one early. You know, they, they tend to just keep coming, and that's how I've been for it. There he is, Casey Hayward, two-time Pro Bowler member now of the Silver and Black. JT, back with you from the Thomas and Mac, and I am thrilled to welcome in Hall of Famer, Olympic champion, Spencer Hayward, kind enough to join us. Spencer, thanks for coming by. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank it. you. Thank you for having me, yeah. We had a great conversation. I want to pick it up. So I was asking you about our Olympic team this year that – struggled at times but they won the gold and you had an unbelievable comparison to your gold medal in 1968 tell me the comparison with the olympic team you played on in this one yeah well our olympic team when we had our original tryouts in mexico city uh not in mexico city but in albuquerque uh we had uh kareem abdul jabbar decided he was luel cinder at the time that he was going to boycott the 68 olympics we also had uh, Wes Unsell and Elvin Hayes who signed their pro professional contract, so that eliminated them from coming to the Olympics, and and which was their silent way of boycotting uh, for social justice or whatever. Uh, and the next step was 
we went to Russia to play the Russians in an exhibition game. And the Russians, we went down, we were up 20 points. We went down and scored a basket, and we came back and look at, looked at the clock, and it was like even. So they wiped the, out your 20-point lead They wiped out Russia. my 20-point. Oh, my God. They wiped out our 20-point lead, and we're standing there, and Hank Iber is arguing with, with uh, the Russian officials, wait a minute, you can't do this, you can't do this. So they grabbed the ball out of our hand and went down and scored, so they ended up beating us by four points. They wiped off 20 points off in an exhibition, and you're sitting there. This is incredible. And let me go back to this. Elvin Hayes, Wes Unsold, uh, the soon-to-be Kareem back then, Lou Alcinda, yeah. and, and Pete Maravich was cut from that team. Pete Maravich was cut from the team. He was averaging oh. 44 points per game in the NC2A. Uh, Rick Mount was cut. He was averaging 39 per game. And Calvin Murphy was cut away from the team because he was averaging 33. We wanted to play defense. We wanted a defensive team. So tell me about your role on that gold medal team, how you played in the Olympics. How proud is that Olympic medal for you every day you see it? Every day I see it. It's, it's like my start. It was like America, you know. And I came to the Olympics by way of like a freshman in college. The first and only time that you've ever had a freshman to try out or to make the team and to be the team leader. I was 19 years old when I won my gold medal, and I set the scoring record that held for 44 years. I set the field goal percentage record that still stands, and uh, Kevin Durant broke my record in 2012, and then I guess he broke it in this yeah. last one. <laughs> Spencer Hayward <laughs> joins us. This is incredible. Why You were in the zone to put up that one of the greatest Olympic performances in basketball history. Mm -hmm. What was that? Was it conditioning, skill set? Were your teammates feeding you? What were you doing so well? Well, the conditioning came in because I was a farm, I was a farm boy who came up to Michigan to, to be educated. I was from Mississippi. We worked from sunup to sundown. So when I got to the Olympics, we had, a, we had another problem before I got to before we got a chance to go to Russia, you know. I didn't have a birth certificate. Incredible. I know from Silver City, Mississippi, because we were all born by a midwife, and she didn't turn in the records that at the vital statistics. So they had the Olympic Committee had to go and call my mother, and, and she says, I have a birth certificate here. And they said, well, oh, you got to send it up. So we, can, so we can get him a birth certificate. She said, no, I got it written in my Bible under John 21. That was your birth certificate. That was my birth your certificate. Your mom's record. Yes, in her Bible. And they said, well, we'll send it up then. We'll, we'll get it. She said, oh, no, I got church on Sunday. So this Bible is not leaving my sight. So we sent a <laughs> photographer from the Jackson Daily News to take a picture of it. And then I get, my, I get, I ended up with my birth certificate. What a blessing, Spencer what a blessing. Hayward. Yeah. Let's get to your NBA career as you come in, and you come into the league there with a gold medal. What mm -hmm. was the early years like for you? Because quickly, you showed that you'd be a dominant player, a future Hall of Famer. What clicked yeah. for you? Well, I mean, my first year uh, was with Denver, mm -hmm. and I was. I averaged that season, and I know young people. I was just talking with a lot of young players that are here uh, at the summer league, 
and they was like made an introduction. Well, in his rookie year, at age 20, he averaged 30 points and 20 rebounds, which I did. Amazing. And I was the rookie of the year, MVP of the league, MVP of the All-Star game, leading scorer, leading rebounder. So with that, and Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain and the numbers he put up, do you believe? I beat him. Right. Do you believe that that still should be considered the greatest ever season, individual season, because of those individual accomplishments? Yes, it, it is the, the individual accomplishment. And then also I was, being, I was playing under protest because of the fact that, that I was the first underclassman. Right. Because before me, you had to wait for four years after your high school class had graduated or your four years of college. So I was there in my sophomore year, after my sophomore year. And then the following year, when I jumped from the ABA to the NBA, the NBA sued me saying that I didn't have the rights to play in the NBA because my senior year was not up. So I sued the NBA for the rights to play. So my first game uh, that I played against uh, in the NBA they said, ladies and gentlemen, we have an illegal player on the floor, number 24, and we have an injunction against him, and he must leave the arena. So I had to leave the arena, and they put me out. And I waited. I had 10 days. I had, 10, I had a 10-game injunction. And then the following, I got an injunction for the rights to play. And... As the, case, as the case was working its way through the courts. The Supreme Court. It, all the way to the Supreme Court. But before I got there, I, had, I was an illegal player. I was an illegal player number 24. Hall I, of Famer Spencer Hayward. <laughs> that seems like something that stayed with you your whole life. Do you, can you, you can still hear that announcement. Yeah, it's, I can still hear can, the announcement. Hear and, and, and also the brutal attacks that, that they put forth on me because the NC2A, they felt that I was taking away the finance of all the universities mm -hmm. and the NBA and the NBA Players Association, the players, the Jerry West, the Oscar Robinson, Wilt Chamberlain and everyone, they felt that if this rule passed, they would all be pushed out of the NBA because of young players. Right. So I had no support. That must have been difficult, knowing the greatest legends in the game turned their back on you or they weren't supporting you as you were a trailblazer yeah. helping all the young players that you see every day that I you're know. seeing at Summer League. I know. But, you know, uh, ironically enough, when I went to the Supreme Court, there was um, Kurt Flood was there. Muhammad Ali was there in terms of, like, for boxing and sure. what he wanted to uh, get the Vietnam War. And... And they were like, what are you doing here? You're so young. What are you doing? So it's the 50th anniversary of the Spencer Haywood rule, which is Haywood versus the NBA. I don't like the title of Haywood v. NBA, and they have used early entry, one and done, all kinds of names on it. So I am now speaking with Adam Silver on the changing of the names so that the, these young players don't know who I am. They have no idea. I have created $32 billion in player revenue and player salary, and they have no idea. They haven't even bought me a dinner. 
Spencer Hayward, incredible. <laughs> no, it is, but I see you wearing a Basketball Hall of Fame shirt, and you're here representing the league, and you're here talking to these young players. Yeah. Spencer, what is your legacy? Because the Olympics, to me, the rookie year, the ABA, the yeah. NBA, uh, beating the Supreme Court, winning due to the Supreme Court, what mm-hmm. do you consider your legacy? My legacy is I did change the game. I have created uh, growth in the NBA because when I fought the NBA, we only had 14 or 15 teams, and we had no pool in which to pull from, so we could not expand. So once I finalized and won that case, we were able to expand. So And look at a guy like, say, LeBron James. He's pulling in about uh, 50, 45 45 million million a year. year. And let's just say 50 for it, just to round out. Sure, let's round so it he's, <laughs> he is $200 million richer because of me. Because he couldn't have came here after wait for four years. He had four years on his legs and his, his, his stats and his everything. His stats and his career, his so pension. His everything. pension, everything. Yeah. So the same thing with Kobe, same thing with Kevin Durant. He's got three years. Steph Curry, they got two years. So it goes on and on and on. I love the fact that you're fighting for that, for your name, yeah. for your family, kids, grandkids, and your entire legacy. Tell everybody where they can pick up the book because I know the book's well, doing the, really the well. The book is doing really well. It is on Amazon, mm-hmm. and um, it is called The Spencer Haywood Rule. You can pick it up at any time, and I'm looking for these young players and all players to just step up and say, we want this guy to be recognized for what he's done for me individually and change the name so when – uh, I, I go up to players, they don't look at me like strange, like, what is this old dude talking no, to me about? No, you have a lot of wisdom. God bless yeah. you. Thanks for doing this. God bless you. Spencer Haywood, I'll never forget this interview, the impact that he had on basketball, the NBA, the United States of America, the ruling one through the Supreme Court, an honor to talk to him. When we come back, we'll reset. We have two tickets to give away for the Raiders game Saturday night against the Seahawks. We'll take your call, 702-365-9200 as we continue on. And uh, we'll keep it going. Uh, we're going to get uh, – I want to get the step on the other side. I want to reset here because we have a couple of people that want to say hi. And then we come back, we'll wrap it up with Steph McKenzie, and we'll get going here. And what a big show. What a great job by NBA Summer League for setting this up. We really appreciate everybody stepping up and supporting us, and especially everyone behind the scenes. Spencer Haywood, great interview. We'll be back with Steph McKenzie. We'll wrap up the show from Summer League. That gets you goosebumps. You know, it gets you excited. You know, I don't think you're going to see a lot of the players play, unfortunately, because of, you know, the reality of what this is. This is an exhibition game. But to unite with our fans and uh, kick off football season officially in Las Vegas is something we're really excited about, something we really take a lot of pride in. John Gruden with the update. JT is wrapping it up from NBA Summer League. Looking forward to wrapping up the show and watching a few quarters of basketball. As I said, this is as sincere as I can get. This event is fantastic. I feel like it's part of my DNA. 
and Jeff's here with me, and if I look at what we've done and who we've talked to here, we have the ability to get inside this building and do live radio remotes. I don't do many remotes anymore because I like to do shows in studio. I think they usually sound better, but I got a great engineer here with me. We have unbelievable equipment. We got the new Raider Nation radio banner and the tablecloth, and it looks really sharp, and I'm just thrilled to be out here because it's just good to be out amongst the people. Even though there's a mask mandate, that's all you got to do. Just show up, wear a mask, come on in and watch basketball. And the memories that it brings back for me, I got a lot of memories washing over me because my kids, when my kids were really young, we used to hold their hand and walk them through this concourse and take them to summer league and they'd wait for their autographs in their spot. And then when they got older, and I'm talking about when they were 12, 10, they're two years apart, that we used to drop them off and it was a big test for them. Hey, mom's dropping you off. Don't get in trouble. We're going to pick you up at night and make sure here's 20 bucks. Get yourself a hot dog. And they would prove that they could handle this, right? It was their first time that we let them go. You know, now we live in a generation where you can't let your kids go play and walk out in the middle of the day and go play baseball. You're afraid they're going to get stolen. This was a place where they were, this place was a glorified babysitter for me and my wife for years. And now my kids are driving here. My kids are old enough to want my oldest to buy a beer here and come on in and watch the games. And he's coming all day tomorrow. And then on Saturday, my, both my sons leave for college together, and that's going to be a tough day for me. Uh, my wife is doing the heavy lifting because we got a Raider game on Saturday, and my wife is taking my son to Arizona State to check him in and then driving with my other son all the way to Norman, Oklahoma, because he's old enough now where we're giving him the truck so he can have a vehicle in college, and then she'll fly home. So I greatly appreciate that, and I'll be there for everything on Saturday, pre- and post-game show with Eric Allen, and we'll get you set up, and there's going to be a lot of surprises happening uh, throughout the course of the day and the game. So we want to hear from everybody who's going to the game, and the show wraps up here in about 15 minutes if you want to get through. 702-365-9200. Gary in Vegas, thanks for waiting. Gary, appreciate you being patient. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I'm just uh, excited about the uh, season this year. You know, I I think it's going to be a turnaround season. I think uh, they got a lot of additions offense and defensively especially defensively and you know i think they're going to be uh i think they're gonna they're gonna pull through and make the playoffs this year well it's a playoff year you would think last year unfortunately gary should have been a playoff year we talked about what happened the second half of the year when you see the nfl networks coming out with the top 100 players in the league and you're not going to see a lot of raiders on the list but the raiders have revamped this roster defensively as you know where now they got good players. I mean, they drafted really good players. Uh, some need to step up. But bringing in Casey Hayward, Yannick Ngakwe, and then showing up and getting Gerald McCoy, if he's in shape and ready to play, those are three additions on top of Gus Bradley, where if these guys make a couple of plays this year, it's going to be the difference in making the playoffs or not. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for the season. I think things are going to happen this year. I think this is the time that, uh, you know, you're going to see them. They're going to, it's going to be a breakout season for them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it should be. Thanks for the call. It should be a breakout season. But the question becomes, what's a breakout season? Last year, you know, you're not going to hear me going crazy saying that the Raiders are going to start off 2-0, 3-1 and all that because they did that last year. Last year they started off 2-0, and it was explosive, and it was an unbelievable start, and we had high expectations after that 2-0 start. 
This year, they open up against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And those are two of the teams that I have the ultimate respect for defensively. Now, can the Raiders put together a game plan to beat Baltimore? Absolutely. I think that they can find a way to beat Baltimore. But what they're going to have to do is something spectacular on defense. They're going to have to slow down Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson can run for 100 yards in that game. He can run for 70 yards. And that could be the difference in a win or a loss. And I know Gus Bradley's got to be putting in that game plan. But the breaking news today is Rashard Bateman is going to have groin surgery. He was the first-round pick from Baltimore. Baltimore opens up in Vegas Monday night football. This is a star weapon for them who should not be available for that first game. So that is, you know, it's a benefit for the Raiders here. But we don't, and this is a Baltimore team that's pretty banged up in camp. So if you notice, John Gruden is talking about not a lot of players playing starters in the Seattle game coming up here. The sense is they got to stay healthy. They've got to stay healthy coming into this gauntlet to start the season off. I mean, this is a gauntlet. Both teams fundamentally, Pittsburgh and Baltimore in week one. Baltimore week one, Pittsburgh week two. These are two teams that historically play great defense. They win the battle on defense, and now the Raiders have this loaded offense. Are the Raiders going to come out against Baltimore and say, look, they got a pretty good secondary, and they're really sound. we got to run the ball? Next thing you know, we could be in a grinded-out running game. Against Pittsburgh, going up against Ben Roethlisberger. Is John Gruden going to say, you know, the only way to beat Big Ben is to get in a shootout. we got to let Carr put up 35, 40 points. And then they're going to spread everyone out. I don't know. That's what we don't know behind the scenes. But it's going to be interesting to stay. 702-365-9200 if you want to get through. 702-365-9200. As we welcome in my good friend Steph McKenzie from 97 won the point the rock station the diehard raider fan how are you my friend good to talk to you hello darling i am amazing i mean it's raider week if you don't have your raider stuff ready to go shame on you what are you requesting raider fans do flags on the car raider gear raider week here i love this because it's our only preseason game at home you know we don't have two games or three games just one and it's saturday night I know. So here's my thing. I'll, I'll break it down, and I will give you an example of what I do, and I will let people go from there. My whole year, we talked about this last year, right before preseason, I always go into the silver and black nails because I'm superstitious, and it just is what it is, right? Okay. Preseason to me is still, that's still a thing. I don't care. It's still a game. So we go that way. And prior to the Raiders being in Vegas, I always wore a Raider outfit, obviously, on game day. And win or lose on the Monday or Tuesday if it was a Monday night football game. So this is Raider week. I live in this city. That means we should have something Raider special every single day, and I have done that. Well, I'll be appearing on your show tomorrow morning, which I'm excited about. Tell me what your listeners are saying about tailgating, traffic, getting in. I know you don't do complaining well. You're like me. We don't want to hear complainers here, but a lot of people are trying to figure it out, and this is the dress rehearsal. I'm telling everybody to get there early, get there a half an hour or an hour earlier than you expected, go in the proper gate, park where you're supposed to park, and try to ease, it, ease the pain for everyone else who's trying to do the same thing. Well, and I think that as far as what we do in our jobs, we've done a pretty good job as far as looking at the maps, researching what you could do, getting things dialed in, right? So know what you got to do beforehand. You're absolutely right, JT. I myself, you know what I'm doing? Some show research. I'm taking the RTC bus, my family and I, to the game. Yeah. You know, the RTC... Because R- I don't... 
as far as talking about tailgating and that kind of stuff, we kind of got to get our feet wet. This is new. This is exciting. This is big. This is total badass. But what do we expect? I mean, you got to have a deep breath, take some patience with you, and expect the unexpected. Yeah, my friend, uh, I, I have a great friend with the RTC, MJ Maynard, and she helped build this vision and plan over the years. And I want you to stay on that. I think it's important for you to bring that up. You have a huge voice in this town. Get on the bus. Take the bus on the strip all the way down to the Hacienda Bridge and walk over, right? Well, we talked about it this morning. I was like, what's the difference of taking the bus? Okay, I don't want to fight parking. I didn't jump in on buying a parking spot just because it was too late, whatever, not good, bad, or otherwise. I just didn't. And so I'm like, what's the difference of me taking the BART versus the bus? And I get to say the whole time, Raiders! I'm going to get that whole bus going, JT. (laughs) I have a feeling you're going to be on the loudest bus. Steph McKenzie, the iconic voice here. On 97 won the point. So I know you're involved in youth football now with your son, and you've been one of those moms traveling across state lines. I heard you saw the, your first uh, youth fight break out amongst parents. Is that true? Oh, my God, JT. Oh, I don't no. even know where to begin with it. Tell this. me. i got to hear this. Uh, I mean, you've been in football with yes. your boy since a young age, right? Mm-hmm. I get tension. I love football. I've seen it. There's been some fights, whatever. But this was something I just never thought I'd be a part of. And nine you football, we'll oh. just say the cops showed up and the paramedics showed up, and both benches were cleared. Not with kids, with parents. You were at one of those psycho parents nine oh. you fights, and an ambulance paramedics had to come. So, were oh. women? Was it women on women crime, or was it the dads fighting? It was everyone. It was everyone. Like, we were trying to get the kids away. Like, I wasn't in it. I, I just have to tell you, I'm just not, I'm not throwing fists. I just, that's not my personality. Might be a big talker, but eh, pull away when you know you need to pull away. It was scary. It was something, I'm not exaggerating. It was something that you only see in movies. That's how oh big this God. massive fight crowd was. There were three cop cars. It was, it was awful. I'm sorry. It was not anything fun. No, that isn't fun. Steph McKenzie joins us. I told you when you got into this world with travel team and youth sports that you'd meet some of the best people in your life and you'd meet some of the worst people in your life. That's the advice I give to everybody. I've met some of the worst people in my life in Little League and some of the best people in my life. Football, it could get a, a little bit gangster at times if a fight breaks yeah. out. You And especially with your Raider nails. You don't want to get your Raider nails broken and have to throw down. Right? You, I, I showed up with boxing gloves to practice after we got back, and they're like, what are those for? And I'm like, well, it wasn't in the parent handbook. Obviously, we need these. All right, finally, <laughs> concerts this weekend. I know we're under a mask mandate. We're wearing masks again, but I know on the rock station, 97 won the point. You're always talking about it. We got the Stones disappointed that Charlie Watt is not feeling well. Obviously, Guns N' Roses. So this is Guns N' Roses month as we're building up. I got six of my friends coming in from San Diego ready for Guns N' Roses at the end of August. Absolutely. Don't forget we got Night Ranger coming to the Westgate. We got Jack Russell's Great White coming as well. Lita Ford is coming to the Golden Nugget. So we have lots of good stuff going on, and I'm excited in the weeks to come to share some big, really big stuff. That is going to be happening as far as charities are concerned that people can get involved with. Hey, well, remember, if you can't go to Night Ranger, you could always come in JT's backyard in Summerlin when I'm doing Night Ranger karaoke. And you can see oh. me do it. So if you can't get into yes, the show. please video it. And when please. I have my bucket of Modellos on Friday, every once in a while, Sister Christian or something will pop up in the background. I miss you. Looking forward to it. I'm assuming you're going to the Raider game on Saturday with the family. 
Absolutely. The whole family's going. I'm taking the RTC bus. Can't throw that out enough. Do it if you can. It's only two bucks to ride the dang RTC bus. Come on. It's the best way. Have a great time. I'll see you at the game. Uh, go Raiders! There she is, Steph McKenzie, 97 won the point. Appreciate her coming on, Jeff. Thanks for engineering. Thanks to Eric Rodriguez who put this together. Uh, thanks to Albert Hall and Hall Pass Media. Everybody here was fantastic for what they do. And I couldn't do this show if it wasn't for our friends at PT's. Best happy hour in town. Book your fantasy football draft party at PT's. They do it better than anybody else. Draft your ultimate fantasy team at your favorite PT's tavern while enjoying ice-cold $7 beer pitchers and food packs for only $20 for a group or 4 or 40 for a group of six. They have the best happy hour in town. 50% off all drinks from 5 to 7 and from midnight to 2. And the pregame specials. Wait till we tell you what they're doing for the pregame specials. PTs, they fuel my radio show every day. Thanks to all of our partners and everybody else out here. I'm going to go watch some basketball now. Maybe have a beverage because it is summertime and they sell beverages here. So we'll kick back. I'm on the air tonight on Sirius XM 82. That's 7 to 10 p.m. Oh, tomorrow I'm live from the Raiders facility. So we're back to doing Fridays. I got away with the summer of no Fridays. Shh. They have, they have me back to work. I think, I think tomorrow they're picking me up in a limo to make sure I show up on Fridays. No one missed me on Fridays. No one, no, who cared JT wasn't on Fridays? But I wasn't on Fridays, and now I'm back to Fridays, and the grind begins six days a week. It starts tomorrow, and I couldn't be happier to do it. Thanks again to the Thomas and Mac Hall Pass Media, the NBA Summer League, and everybody who put the show together. We'll see you back tomorrow. We'll have a great show leading into the first-ever game with fans, Raiders hosting the Seahawks. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.